We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is August 30th, 2021. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Today, the birthday boy. How we doing? 25, your Nick Anderson year. How we feeling? It's true. My Nick Anderson year. Uh, I'm great. I went to uh, went to lunch today with some friends, with a few friends of ours, to this uh, really good Mexican restaurant here in the area. Um, had myself a little just chicken and rice. Ordered some queso to put on the chicken and rice. And uh, a little margarita action. So okay. a little, maybe mainly pineapple in that margarita. And uh, so it was pretty good pretty good they gave me a uh, birthday shot for free um tequila so you know it was uh it was a fun lunch and then tonight we we went to this um place by our house that does like sushi and hibachi and stuff like that um lauren got always a, a good time lauren got a sushi roll and i just got a little chicken and rice action so um it was a it was a chicken and rice kind of day for me so now that you're at the quarter century mark mm. did you wake up anything different today anything creaking that wasn't creaking before anything sore that wasn't sore yesterday no i i think i think mo- most of that is that i don't really think a whole lot about like birthdays in general um i don't really like lauren had to remind me it was my birthday this week and like i just didn't really you know i just, ever since i was like what i mean probably bro, probably my 21st birthday just like everybody else is like the last you know big birthday right um but even, you know, since then, I mean, I just, just kind of, you know, just another day. But I just happened to get to choose where we go to lunch or dinner. <laughs> that's uh, that's called adulting. The reason that I ask mm. is my 25th birthday never had heartburn in my entire life. <laughs> the day that I wake up on my 25th birthday, heartburn. And heartburn. I didn't I didn't have to WebMD it. I didn't have to look up any anything. I was like, all right, so this is what heartburn is. And now we just, now we just deal with that. And this is 25. Yeah, this is 25 and you know the last, you know, 3, you know, 4 years whatever it's been now. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I just heartburn is a thing that if I eat the wrong thing and we're just dealing with heartburn from now on. How about you? Do you get heartburn at all? Has that set in yet or no? Um no, I mean I, I, random times. I feel like maybe like growing up like you know what heartburn is, you experience it. I uh, before we get into magic content, Jonathan, I wanted to ask you this because there's something. This is the only thing that, not even a deep thought, just a thought that I had today. Do you consider, like, let's say you were me, right? Today's your 25th birthday. Do you consider this, like, would you say, like, when you're referring to your life, would you say my last 24 years, or would you say my last 25 years? Because, like, I feel like naturally you want to say, like, this is my 25th year. But it's not because, you know, you, you were born and then you had that whole year. You, that was the year. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Well, it's it's been 25 years, so you're starting your 26th year. Right. Because, like, the moment you're born, you know, you're starting your first year. Mm-hmm. So you're going – so it's been your 25 years on this planet. Right. You're 25 years old. Yeah, but I just feel like I had an inclination to, to think 
in the way that was like the last you know 24 years of my life no, no but it but it's it's definitely 25 obviously yeah so just okay i just wanted to make sure that that like that was that no, was good. right you know sometimes you have thoughts and you just need to, to i need to talk about them. get somebody else's opinion yes you know either get the confirmation or yes. not but some people you know, have therapists i years. have jonathan yeah it's hey, just that's what we're here for exactly yeah some people have therapists i have this microphone and really the <laughs> thing in this life that upsets me the most is the magic so i'm doing pretty good right but yeah so that's why we're here so guys it's no secret that we are now in the dog days of summer mm. when it you know it pertains to the orlando magic in the nba season yeah this is the part of the year after summer summer league essentially where the news starts to slow down and as we get closer to training camp trade rumors and what have you will start to ramp up and then we'll start to get you know media day and, and we'll get preseason and training camp and all that as we get closer to the regular season next few weeks are going to be pretty rough so um Luke and I were talking today about what we should do for this week's episode. And one thing that I feel like we haven't done, and I don't know many other outlets that have done this, is really sit down and evaluate John Weltman and, uh, excuse me, Jeff Weltman and John Hammond's like entire tenure of the Orlando Magic. Like people will do like their offseason thing and they'll talk about, you know, this is what the front office did this year. But I wanted to sit down and like really evaluate how the front office is doing because. One, I, I just feel like every now and again it's important to do that just to kind of get a real feeling because so we can say they're doing a great job. But until you sit down and look at all the moves that they've made and kind of the consequences that have come from those moves, it's difficult to do that. But I also feel like there might be some like false narratives out there you know, in terms of like the front office. Like they don't do anything. This front office sucks, especially the national media. The national media would have you think that John and Jeff have been running this franchise for the last seven, eight years Instead of, you know, the first two to three years of their tenure, yeah. Luke, they've mostly been cleaning up Rob Hennigan's mess. Oh, yeah. And have really just recently started to put their fingerprint on the franchise. Yeah, I think that the big reason for that is just because they just try to lump in all these bad years with Orlando and say, you know, that's it. I remember, um, you know, when, when the Magic brought in the whole new, you know, player development staff. People weren't even really aware of it and didn't even want to really even consider it. And they were still saying, like, I just don't trust the player development with Orlando. And it's like, where have you guys been? Has no one informed you that, like, there's not those guys aren't even there anymore? And I think that, that you know, that's why, you know, these episodes are important because we can kind of clear the air and backtrack um, a little bit before we really get to the point where we say, you know, I don't I, I hope we, we don't have like I hope that the that. That this these guys in the front office that you know their highlight isn't Orlando making it to the first round. I hope that it comes to a point where we can say you know we do a complete rewind after the Magic have won the championship, and hopefully the next you know seven to ten years. And I I hope that's the case, but but I I think that you know that's why this is important you know before we get to that point to kind of do this you know this rewind to just a few years ago because I feel like a lot of people still have forgotten and, and, and maybe place blame on John and Jeff where there wasn't to be blame um, and aren't giving credit where it's due because there's a lot to unpack in these last few years. You know, we had talked about this right before we started recording. You're like, man, there's, there's a lot of stuff. A lot of transactions have taken place since they took over. And like you said, they're just trying to piece this puzzle together. And I mean, that was a big mess to clean up. These guys are not even close to done. They're just getting started on a whole new rebuild. So, and it's finally their rebuild with with a lot of the pieces that they have acquired. Yeah, I think it's before we start talking specifically about the moves that they've made, I think it's important to kind of set the backdrop for where the franchise was. Yeah. So, in the 2015-2016 season, you know, before the season Scott Skiles is hired uh, by the Orlando Magic, there was a lot of speculation on if that was really Rob Hennigan's choice or was that something that was kind of forced upon him by the DeVos family and Alex Martins, Scott Skiles, you know, really being a fan favorite and perhaps trying mm -hmm. to sell some tickets going into that season. So the 2015-2016 season... Let me ask you a question real quick, Jonathan. Yeah. Do you think we rewind right to that offseason, the Magic bring on Scott Skiles, and you hint just, just now there might have been some nostalgia involved. Do you think if we go back to that year, Penny Hardaway is in the year that he is now at Memphis, is, 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 
do they hire Penny Hardaway to be the it's next a head coach? Possibility. It's a real strong possibility. I still think Scott Skiles made a little bit more sense because he had prior head coaching experience. Right. Not exactly great, but you think we um, get closer though to having Penny Hardaway as a head coach, probably in that situation and that year than we did this year. We don't what we think dodge the bullet. At that time, Alex Martin seemingly having more involvement in the basketball side of things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now that we're talking about it, I have a tough time believing. Martins isn't just licking his chops yeah. at hiring Penny Hardaway and just makes makes that the move, but yep. I really don't know. But let's go back to the 2015-2016 season. So basically, the Magic start the 2015 season. They go into the new year. I believe they were 19 and 13 heading into heading into um, January that yeah. year. Alfred Payton is hurt a lot of you know that month. I think the Magic won two games in January. Finished the season 35 and 47. At the end of the season, Scott Skiles resigns. There's all types of rumors that he wanted to quit in January that Rob Hennigan basically talked him into staying. Ended up trading Tobias Harris for Brandon Jennings and Ursan Ilyasova. Mm. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova, they ended up trading with Victor Oladipo and Damanis Sabonis the following offseason for Serge Ibaka. That's disgusting. Right? So in the 2016 offseason, like we, we make the trade for Ibaka, but we also signed Bismack Biombo to a crazy deal. We'll talk about that in a moment. We re-sign Evan Fournier for a five-year deal. They they give him a fifth-year player option just because that was the year that the salary cap spiked. Everybody had all this money, yeah. and guys were getting overpaid left and right. Going into that year with Serge Ibaka and Bismack Biombo, you re-sign Evan Fournier. You know you've you've got Mario Hazonia, and it was. Warlando, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. It was Warlando. Like, this is the year that we're going to make the playoffs. They hire Frank Vogel. With Frank Vogel, the Magic go 29-53 and 53 in that first season. The Magic are like, okay, in terms of Rob Hennigan in the front office, this is done. We're clearing house. That offseason, the Orlando Magic fire Rob Hennigan. They hire Jeff Weltman and John Hammond in May of 2017. John and Jeff basically come in and say, you know what, before we do anything crazy, we need to evaluate everything. Every staff member, every coach, every player. Mm -hmm. So they keep Frank Vogel, even though that wasn't their hire. Frank Vogel, you know, comes in that first year. A lot of us are excited. But then as soon as John and Jeff come in, we're like, okay, they might fire this guy, even though it's only been one year. And now this is another one and done head coach that we've had. But I wanted to first just address the the contracts that they inherited um, because for the first few years, the front office was really operating under the fact that they didn't have much cap space whatsoever. So when John and Jeff were hired, Bismack Biombo was going into his second year of a four year, $72 million deal. Evan Fournier was the second year of a five year, $85 million deal. Again, I'll never get over that fifth year player option. Um, DJ Augustine was going into his second year of a four-year, $29 million deal. Not terrible. Um, Nikola Vucevic was going into the third year of a four-year, $53 million deal. Terrence Ross, uh, after the Magic had traded for him the year before, was going into his second year of a three-year, $35.1 million deal. Remember, they traded for Serge Ibaka, and then a few months later, they trade him, basically flip him uh, for Terrence Ross. Uh, Aaron Gordon was going into the fourth year of his rookie scale contract. Same with Alfred Payton. And then Mario Hazonia was going into the third year of his rookie scale contract. So largely because of the contracts of Bismack Biombo and Evan Fournier, the front office, Luke, for the first few years is basically hamstrung uh, you know, by the, by the lack of cap space. So we're basically going to break all of this down into like the off seasons and then the seasons, and we'll just kind of talk about those in a whole and just kind of go year by year instead of just listing all this out because there is a lot. So we talk about the contracts they have, Luke, in the off season. So just starting basically a month uh, after they're hired, uh, they draft Jonathan Isaac and Wessa Wundu. Yeah. Uh, they waive. Uh, they use the stretch provision on C.J. Watson. Uh, they sign Aaron Aflalo. They sign Maurice Spates. Kem Birch, who was really a diamond in a the rough, they did a great job finding him. He was playing internationally. And they also uh, signed the assist leader for that year, Shelvin oh, Mack. The dime-dropping Shelvin Mack. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so really, like, inconsequential deals. 
again because they just didn't have a ton of of cap space uh, to operate with. They did, however, sign Jonathan Simmons to a three-year, $20 million deal, who coming off of a postseason with the San Antonio Spurs, I don't, we've never talked about this, Luke. I was absolutely ecstatic when yeah. we signed Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, I don't know how you, you couldn't be, right? I mean, you, you have... <laughs> You have this new front office. You you have a team where you think Vogel maybe can still be the guy. Uh, you're really not sure. Um, I mean, you know, coming off his time, he wasn't incredible in San Antonio, but he was very much a glue guy, a guy who's going to work his butt off. Um, you know, at, at that point in San Antonio, you know, he was the 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 G League story of of the decade, right? You know, he he pays for his own tryout. He goes and he tries out with them, and he makes the team, and he makes the roster. And this was before G League guys were really getting a fair shot, in my opinion. Um, this was before the two two way deals and all of that, right? And and this was really before they were getting a fair look. So for Jonathan Simmons to you know to to break on the scene the way that he did and be you know he really put himself in a very good situation in San Antonio, as we have come to find out. Um, he wasn't being asked much of him. And then, you know, you get to Orlando and it's just kind of like, you know, it, it, it felt like, you know, it was a bigger role for him, obviously, but, but it, I don't know that he was ready for that, that role. But at the time, yeah, I mean, how could you not have been ecstatic for, for him? And then, you know, he played a really key, key role later down the road. If you guys don't remember Jonathan Simmons, think Dwayne Bacon, <laughs> Like, thinking it's Dwayne Bacon time every single play. Yeah. Like, every single play. Like, Dwayne, you know, he had his moments here. And, you know, I think, I mean, he might even be better than Jonathan Simmons if we're being completely I, honest. I, I would say, yeah. But it was like, you know, once every, I don't know, seven or eight possessions that Dwayne was like, all right, it's Bacon time. Jonathan Simmons, it was every single play. Like, he <laughs> thought he was coming here to be, like, the guy is what it seemed like at time. Um in that offseason as well, uh, they declined Mario Hazonia's fourth-year team option on his rookie deal. So it was basically like the end of Mario Hazonia, essentially. Like if he didn't ball out and get re-signed, you know, the, the Magic just weren't interested anymore at that point. Like for all of the evaluating that John and Jeff, you know, needed to do when they came here, they saw enough of Mario Hazonia pretty early on and be like, no, we're good. He's <laughs> like, you know, we wish you well, you know, elsewhere after this season. And then really the only deal that they make um, during the 2017 season is they basically decided they weren't going to bring Alfred Payton back. Uh, they didn't want to lose the asset for nothing. So they ended up trading Alfred Payton uh, to Phoenix for a 2018 second round pick, uh, which the Magic eventually ended up trading to Minnesota uh, for Justin Jackson in the 2019 second round pick. And that pick that they traded to Phoenix ended up being Jared Vanderbilt. So when we talk about guys who the Magic have drafted that we've literally never seen play, Justin Jackson, a lot of his career he's been hurt. Um, probably a little bit of a miss with that not, you know, not taking Jarrett Vanderbilt with that pick. Who, you know, he is what he is. He's a okay NBA player. Uh, Magic fans might know him most for missing the two free throws at the end of the Minnesota game mm. last year, and then Cole Anthony going yeah. the other end of the floor and you know hitting the game-winning three, but. Luke, when we look at the 2017 season, I think you can really just summarize that really quickly. Didn't have a ton of cap space, really evaluating what they had before they started to make any moves. Yeah, I mean, that season really does epitomize for me this front office in terms of it, it set the tone, right? This is, this, is, uh, I, this, is, this is a slow grind, right? Where, this, as, the, as I te- Isaiah Thomas says, it's a slow grind, <laughs> and and that's all. Isaiah Thomas never stopped saying, "Right, you mean exactly, yeah. yes." And the marathon continues anyway. Um, so yeah, R.I.P. Nipsey. Right. So that really epitomizes um, Jeff and John for me that season, where it's just like we're not in a rush. We're not going to do something we don't want to do. I could definitely see, and I'm sure there's many examples where new front offices, you know, guys come in thinking that they can flip a team around just like that and they do way more and during the season before the deadline than just trade a starting point guard for a second round pick john and jeff are, are they're 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 slow down they're slow tempo guys and they're going to take their time as we have said many times in this podcast but this is just another example to further confirm that for me it's like that what they could have done 
is hit the panic button already. Not necessarily the panic button, but be you know have some arrogance and just flip the team right on its head right then and there. Get rid, um, get rid of uh, a Vogel. Or I mean, uh, yeah, a Vogel, uh, and that's it, right? You, you they wipe their hands clean. They say, all right, it's our team now. We got rid of everybody. But instead, years down the road, now we can finally look at this roster and say their finger, their their thumbprint is on it. And this is their team now, and now we get to really see that the the rebuild really begins. We've also been able to like read between the lines over the last few years. This front office very much got a mandate from ownership when they were hired, saying we need to make the playoffs. Mm. And basically, they were like, okay, we're going to evaluate what we have, see if this team is able to make the playoffs, and make a few adjustments if we can, if we need to to get them over the hump. And that's really what they did in that first year. If you think that the team that you have has any potential making the playoffs and your mandate, basically your de- the demand from ownership is to make the playoffs, you don't come in and just start flipping tables and right. throwing you know guys to the wayside and making all these deals. Um, you know, you really play it safe, which is exactly what they did. Yeah, I mean, it's what they continued to do, right? I mean, that 2018 offseason, yeah, the list is a little longer in terms of what they did, but... There was nothing crazy besides, obviously, you know, Frank Vogel getting the door. I mean, you you look at that list, Jonathan. I mean, there there's really not a whole lot, um, in my opinion. You know, I, I think that they were still feeling things out, like you said. They were just trying to make the playoffs, and as we know now, that was the right thing to do. You, you made the playoffs that year, then that very next year, and were able to kind of fulfill that that order given by the front office to just make the playoffs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging. So you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, Luke, so let's break down like those 2018 moves. We'll start with the offseason. So, yes, they fire Frank Vogel. Yeah. They hire Steve Clifford to a four-year deal. In the draft, they end up taking Mo Bamba and then Melvin Frazier Jr. Uh, they trade, again, that Phoenix pick to Minnesota, end up taking Justin Jackson. Uh, they waive Sheldon Mack. What a tragedy. Tragic. Uh, they re-sign Aaron Gordon to a four-year $80 million deal, which to me felt like a huge deal at the time. We thought Aaron Gordon was getting ready to blossom into this superstar. Uh, they sign Isaiah Briscoe to a one-year $6 million deal. They trade Bismack Biombo to Charlotte in a three-team deal, which lands them Jerry and Grant and Timothy Mozgov. And they also trade uh, for Jarrell uh, Martin Yeah, so, that offseason. Yeah, and, and talking about AG, kind of just reflecting, because that's what really this episode is, 
I popped a bottle of champagne that night, Luke. <laughs> I bought just because this was when like free agency started at midnight. Yeah. So I I drove my butt up to Seven Eleven at like eight or nine o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. Bought like the cheapest you know <laughs> bottle of like brute champagne that they had at Seven Eleven. Came home, chilled it, and you know I don't know what it was like twelve thirty one a.m. I got that. I had my mom go outside with me. My mom lives with me, not the other way around, folks. I'm not a <laughs> you know I'm not a loser. No offense if you live with your mother. I mean hey, yeah, it's their own. But we go outside. I said, Mom, you know my wife's asleep. I need you to take this video of me i'm wearing my aaron gordon jersey you can still find it on the, the orlando magic subreddit it's up there um and yeah i just i popped it and just I, like like we won the finals baby was, was that I was that excited for re-signing aaron gordon was that because so for me what i specifically remember is don't overpay him don't overpay him but keep him but don't overpay him and i i remember i mean I was happy that Aaron Gordon was back on the team, and I was very happy it was twenty million, right? Because there was—I remember at that time there was a lot of uh, of rumor of like it, it could be more, you know. And, and and you're just hoping like please, because I I know you know AG's got a lot you know of of, of clout you know with him and his name. I know that if the Magic mess this up, I'm gonna hear from my friends about it. If the Magic pay him yep. way too much money. So signing him at twenty million, that was a sweet spot for me. I was like, okay, cool, that's fine. I'm good with that. You're also going to hear from your friends if the Magic don't re-sign him and he goes somewhere else to be an All Star, because then it's yeah. just another guy added to the list, right? Because at the time right. we were still waiting on that jump shot. Yeah, and he was a restricted free agent, so mm-hmm. we were waiting. He didn't even get to sign an offer sheet anywhere else. Yeah, that's what we were really waiting for. We were waiting right. to hear. I think Sacramento was a rumored team that was interested in him, and we were waiting to hear that. You know, Aaron Gordon has signed a $80 million offer sheet with XYZ, and then it was going to be a waiting game to see if the Magic were going to match that to keep him. He didn't even make it to an offer sheet. The Magic re-signed him. And if you remember, that deal declined year over year. So mm. I think the first year it was like 24 or $22 million, something like that. And each year, the size of you know his annual um, you know salary decreased. So it was like, whoa, this is a win-win for the Magic, especially if Aaron Gordon becomes something which we know so far. At least he hasn't. <laughs> he's not on the Magic anymore. So right. So I wasted a perfectly crappy bottle of champagne. Yeah, yeah. They, um, I'm, I actually pulled up an article, Jonathan, from from Bleacher Report back then, and uh, it was just during the season. Orlando Magic power forward Aaron Gordon is reportedly expected to draw some serious interest from the Dallas Mavericks, the Indiana Pacers, and Phoenix Suns as a restricted free agent. At the time, he was averaging 18.5 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists, you know, shooting about 35% from three, and it was through 39 appearances for him. Evan and Vooch all averaged like around like 18 to 20 points a game that year. So that's what we were thinking. We're like, all right, he he made the jump with his scoring. He's becoming a better playmaker. He's a great defender. Like, it's about to happen. And every single (laughs) year we're like, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. It's about to happen, like a broken record, and, and unfortunately, yep. so and then far, as, it has not happened. And then from there on out, his points per game went down a little bit as Vooch started to elevate his game. Evan started to elevate a little bit. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron yeah. Gordon, man, what a time. All right, we're talking about John and Jeff here. We could spend this whole time talking about Aaron Gordon. So that season, really just a, a couple of moves, but each of them like were huge moves really for the magic so um you know right before the trade deadline they were at the trade deadline i think it was they trade jonathan simmons and a top 20 protected pick uh which did not convey that year um that will end up being a 2022 second round pick and a 2019 second round pick to the philadelphia 76ers for markel fultz or as magic fans like to call it peanuts we traded mark like for markel fultz like we traded peanuts away to get him um, they ended up waving Isaiah Briscoe. So if you guys don't remember that 2018-2019 season, Magic are struggling. They're like 10-11 games under 500 to start January. Go on this crazy run. The two catalysts, uh, in my opinion, Luke, that season were Mo Bamba getting hurt, Ken Birch being put into the lineup, yep. uh, and then Jerry and Grant you know, being s- swapped out for Isaiah Briscoe. Like Isaiah Briscoe just brought this new tenacity defensively and this pace offensively to that second unit uh, that we just really started to play so much better. And they, then Isaiah Briscoe with like 
I don't know, two, three weeks to go in the season, messes up his knee, and we're like, what the hell are we going to do without Isaiah Briscoe? <laughs> like, he made this huge difference. We're going to have to go back to Jerry and Grant. And then here comes Michael Carter-Williams, basically just picked up right where Isaiah Briscoe left off, maybe even a little bit better. Um, and those guys just really catapulted us, you know, that whole 2018-2019 playoff run. Magic make the playoffs that year for the first time in seven years, win game one against the Toronto Raptors. So they had, the front office had uh, accomplished their goal of making it back to the playoffs. Uh, Again, that was mandated by the front office. So to this point, Luke, they had just really made minor moves, but they accomplished the goal that they were given by the front office, by management, to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, looking at that, man, they exceeded expectations because not only did they make the playoffs that huge push gets you to the seven seed and then you go a step further and you win a game in Toronto and like you said without making a big splash here up to that point right I mean you yes you get Markel Fultz who now is a fan favorite and and could be you know who didn't play that year right yeah so you you right I'm saying like they're riding the momentum of signing Markel Fultz they they do that we're all you know he's waiting in the wings for the next season and then you make the playoffs still as the seventh seed you win that game um I, I mean at that point how is anybody you know trying to throw any shade at that front office for any move that they make and that that season is the biggest reason why I maintain the philosophy of like until they burn me you know I'm I'm not gonna they're not losing my trust. Uh, you know, in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to trust whatever moves they make. And I think that if I remember correctly, um, you know, the Magic went on a on a pretty significant uh, winning streak, uh, like right after that trade. I think they went on like, a, it was something like a six or seven game winning streak after we traded for Markel. And it was like, oh my gosh, he's not even playing yet. It, oh yeah. And he's made, the, made yep. the team so much better. Yep. Like just to go through, um, you know, just some of the highlights from that run, like just absolutely dusting, uh, Charlotte on Valentine's Day, the yeah. Valentine's Day massacre. We talked about that uh, <laughs> last week, and then just really like down the stretch, like the overtime win uh, against Memphis when the Magic were down big in that game. They come all the way back uh, to win that game. Uh, you win at Miami, one hundred four to ninety nine. Being, I think they were down like eighteen points or something like that in the first half. This elongated halftime because of the uh, Chris Bosh uh, yeah. Jersey retirement celebration yeah. and the magic just come out like gangbusters in the second half come all the way back to win that game uh, the last home game of the season again you dust the Atlanta Hawks 149 to 113 the fourth quarter Vooch is shooting free throws and there are MVP chants <laughs> at Amway Center um, then you beat the Boston Celtics clinch you know the the first playoff berth we all remember that game in Boston and then you win at Charlotte and then, you know, you win the, the first game of, you know, the playoffs against Toronto. So just, man, that was a, a hell of a year and uh, just really great. But, yeah, the 2018-2019 season, again, they accomplished their goal that they were given to make the playoffs. Didn't make many moves to get there. They just A couple of tweaks. And really the biggest thing, I think, was the addition of Steve Clifford that year. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt about it. I, I mean, Cliff, say what you want about him, but man, I'm I'm grateful that he was the hire that was made because I don't know what other coaches really turning around like Cliff did that off se- that season. Definitely. So, Luke, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the 2019 season. Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6 that's code S-I-X-T-H, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. And ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, 
and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Provider Retoner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. The Lawnmower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave throughout your travels across the universe. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th, S-I-X-T-H, at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. All right, so the 2019 offseason, Luke, uh, a lot of stuff's happening here. So uh, they draft Chuma Okiki 16th overall, which at the time we were like, what the hell is going on? We were all, a lot of us were hoping they were going to draft Nikhil Alexander-Walker there at yep. 16. Uh, Chuma Okiki had torn his ACL uh, in the final four just a few months before the draft. So we're like, what is happening? The Magic actually don't sign him to his rookie deal until the following offseason. They stashed him in Lakeland for the year to let him rehab. Uh, they traded their second-round pick to the Los Angeles Lakers essentially for cash, uh, which ended up being Taylor Horton Tucker. Is that going to be a mistake? Who knows? I mean, he's had some really nice preseason games. The, the Lakers think so. The Lakers think it'll be a mistake. Lakers fans think so. Yeah. yeah. I don't think the Lakers actually think so because <laughs> he doesn't see the floor. So, yep. Uh, they Then they pick up the third-year rookie options of Jonathan Isaac and Wessa Wundu. They re-sign Nikola Vucevic to a four-year, $100 million deal after he makes uh, the all-star game, leads him to the playoffs. Crapped out in the playoffs against Marcus Gasol. He did not have a good playoff series, uh, but they re-signed him anyways, uh, really to um, you know just hold on to the asset and not let him walk away for nothing. Uh, they re-signed Terrence Ross to a four-year, $50 million deal, which we are all I think we're all still pretty happy with that contract. Uh, they waived slash stretched Timofey Mozgov, if you're not familiar with the stretch provision. Uh, it basically takes the remaining money on your contract and stretches it over, I think, uh, whatever's remain, however years are remaining on the deal, uh, plus three years. I think how, that's how that works. Uh, the Magic actually got out of that because he had basically a career-ending injury, uh, so they were able to get out of the last few years of that stretch provision, if I remember correctly. They re-signed Ken Birch to a two-year, $6 million deal after he was a big part of basically elevating them to that playoff run. They re-signed Michael Carter-Williams. I believe that was to a one-year deal. This might be the biggest mistake that this front office has made so far. Uh, they signed Al Farouk Aminu, uh, that offseason to a three-year, $29 million deal. And they pick up the fourth-year options of Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac that offseason. Luke, what do you, looking back, do you think that Aminu signing is like the biggest blunder that they've had so far? Yeah, and, and truth be told, like, I mean, what you you look at the numbers with Farouk, that it, it was bad. I mean, they, for for what you got for him, it was bad. But I do remember thinking when the deal was made, this isn't a bad deal. I mean, he's coming from Portland, where um, he was a you know a contributor to a good Portland team. There was no, there wasn't really any hesitation on my part to think that that was anything you know, that that was a terrible signing. Now, like you said, you know, looking back on it, do I think it's a bad signing? Yeah, it just didn't turn out well. I mean, you look at the amount of games that he played with 35 us. 35 over two years. I, or how, a season and a half, if we're being totally fair. Right. Season so, and a half. Yes, you didn't get your bank for your buck with Al Farouk Amino. And, and while that is, the, only, you know, that is the, the biggest blunder, if you want to call it that, that they've had, it's still not something that really, you know, makes me think, oh, you know, they they really messed up there. I I they lost my trust at that point. They didn't, you know, that that just they they took a gamble on Alfred Camino, a guy who had been contributing, and he just didn't play many games. I think there there was a question amongst like the majority of Magic fans, like, wait, what? Like Alfred Camino, like it wasn't about the money, it wasn't about the deal or the length or anything. It was really about the fit. Like, you have Jonathan Isaac, you have Aaron Gordon, who both of those guys are really suited best to play the power forward role, which Alfred Camino does. And it was just like, this doesn't make a lot of sense. And then really, I don't think at any time during his time with the Magic, he looked like he was fitting in. He always felt like he was unsure of... I mean, there was a few times this season where he looked pretty good. But especially that first year before he got hurt, 
just never really worked. He was never really gelling with the roster, never really carved out a role for himself. So the good thing about that, though, is that they end up moving that deal. And we'll talk more about what that deal looks like. But the fact that even if you sign a guy to a bad contract, if you're able to make a trade and in that trade, you move that guy and you end up winning that trade, essentially, it's it's hard to hold that against them. Yes, you want to see a little bit, you know, more efficient signings. Like when they make a signing, you want it to matter and you don't want it to be a swing and a miss. But later on down the road, when they're able to negotiate with other GMs and get out of what might not be a great fit for them anymore, I also think you do have to, you can criticize them for the signing. That's totally fair. But you also have to tip your hat to them for moving him and and getting real value back. Shot 29%, by the way, his uh, first season in 18 games. He was not great. You, you you look <laughs> not, at not good. You look at like you know twenty games into seasons eighteen really. Um, you look at that and and typically their field goal percentage will be a little higher. <laughs> like eighteen Unless games played, bad. Typically it's a little higher, and you say, oh, he'll come back down to earth. Alfred Camino couldn't go any lower that season. <laughs> that season. That that was that was bad. I just wanted to point that out. Twenty nine percent from yeah. the field. So then we look at the 2019 season, and again, there was almost like a like a mantra throughout the fan base and the organization of run it back. Mm-hmm. You had this great run, 22-9 and nine, to end the season. You win game one. Some of the young guys look really great. You have Markel Fultz coming into the fold who, you know, we saw shooting jump shots and was practicing with the team. Everyone was super excited about that. Five games into the season, Markel Fultz is pushed into the starting lineup, and we're like, okay, like, we had the, we had this crazy run. If we can pick up where we left off at the end of last season, and everything was pointing to that because of all the continuity. Again, we were running it back. You know, this team was expected to be really good. Now, as they maybe were starting to figure things out, Jonathan Isaac is hurt January first, New Year's Day. So you're without a huge piece to the team. Yeah, and then you're still trying to figure things out. And then in the middle of March, the season is shut down by COVID. So you come back, you do okay in the bubble, you end up making the playoffs, you win game one, right? But during that season, um, they ended up signing Gary Clark. Once Jonathan Isaac went down, they signed him to a 10-year contract, ended up signing him for the rest of the year. Uh, They traded the 2020 uh, Lakers pick that they had to the Philadelphia 76ers for James Ennis, which turned out to be a great deal. Uh, And they also made the playoffs for a second consecutive season there. So... The only thing I look at James Ennis now and I'm like, you know, you really didn't give up anything for him. You got a really solid guy, a good locker room guy. It, you know, cap things happened this year and obviously the direction of the organization has changed a lot, but it's like, man, like we're losing James Ennis. Like James Ennis, you know, basically I believe this year was like over a 40% three-point shooter and that was the thing at the time. They're making the trade and me, I now I look like an idiot, but I'm like, what the hell about Wes Awandu? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what about Wes? You're trading for James Ennis because he's a shooter. And he was like, I don't know, like a 33 or a 35% three-point shooter at the time. But his time with the Magic basically shot 40%. So, like, again, like, I look like an idiot. Front office was right. It was a, the right deal. Much better player than Wes Owundu, by the way. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it just kind of kind of sucks that, uh, you know, you end up trading uh, James Ennis. So, Luke, 2020 is where everything changed. And we'll we'll go through this. There's a million things that happened. We I feel like we've talked about all of this basically at nauseum, you know, over the past few months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the 2020 offseason, they signed Chuma Okiki, four year, fifteen million dollar deal. By the way, hmm. I don't know. I just wasn't thinking of what like a 16th pick, like rookie scale contract would look like. But the fact that we've got Chuma Okiki on a four year, fifteen million dollar deal. Obviously, we're all hoping he becomes the next Kawhi Leonard. Even <laughs> if he doesn't, he's going to be an incredibly good role player, Luke. And heading into like the third, fourth year, like that contract is going to be incredibly valuable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that um, it's pretty great. I mean, you you Have look you at even thought of that. I just going through that. That's when I had the epiphany. Like, oh my god, we're paying this guy less than four million dollars a year right now. Yeah. No, I mean. Pretty great. No, I, yeah, I definitely didn't didn't notice it um, until really recently, actually, because you know you 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 don't know what Chuma's going to become. So at the time, it's just like, oh, okay, they signed the rookie, right? And then now you see his defensive potential, 
and you think there's something you know to still unlock offensively i mean yeah like you said third fourth year of that contract could be looking like a a steal of a contract so then the magic in the draft uh they take cole anthony 15th overall uh they re-sign james ennis uh they re-sign gary clark and michael carter williams that's when they signed Dwayne Bacon to a two-year, $3.5 million deal. They pick up Mo Bamba's fourth-year team option of his rookie-scale contract. They signed Jonathan Isaac to a four-year, $69.9 million rookie extension. Signed Markel Fultz to a three-year, $50 million rookie uh, extension. Offseason there. Again, you're, you're getting ready to run it back. Now, Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL. But the, the front office is showing that goodwill. Like, yes, you're going to rehab on our dime. We still believe in you. You're going to be this great player. They saw flashes out of Markel Fultz enough to be like, okay, we're also going to give you three-year, $50 million deal. Not as much as J.I., not as much money. Um, but for a guy who a couple of years ago wasn't even sure if he was going to have a lengthy NBA career, like that's basically $50 million guaranteed. Right. Like You're Markel. You're going to take that all day. And we keep saying this. We said it about Aaron Gordon for years. But if the jump shot with Markel comes around, it, it really is a completely different story. If if Markel Fultz gets to the point where he has Aaron Gordon's jump shot, we're, like the kid's an all-star. I, like If he can shoot 35% from three, he's an all-star. You can take that to the bank. Yes or no? Yeah. I mean, right now he's shooting 25. It, is there a caveat to that, though, Jonathan? Like... 35 on a certain amount of attempts because right now he's not shooting. Well, I mean, if he's 35 on one and a half attempts, no, but it, like Aaron Gordon was probably shooting 35% on like what four or five attempts. Yeah. I and mean, we can, we can go ahead to, and look to, it up here. To but, be honest, yeah, to be honest, always matter. I, I think last year he shot two attempts a game at 25%. In I don't like seven, eight games. Correct. But Very small sample size, but, but, I, I don't know that he hits that 35% from three, at least not this year, while shooting a good volume. I mean, that, that but yes, to your point, if he is shooting 35% on three and a half attempts a game, I think that, and he's getting to the free throw line, I think there's a little more to it, but I understand what you're saying. And I, I gave, I, I I gave Aaron Gordon a little too much credit, by the way. 32% three-point shooter for his career. Uh, 3.4 attempts. So. Yeah. All right, we need Markel to be a slightly better <laughs> jump shooter than than Aaron Gordon. That would be great. So I I feel I feel three percent less optimistic about Markel <laughs> Fultz's potential just now. Looking at Aaron Gordon's stats, yeah. But no, it's obviously all going to come down to to the uh, you know the jump shot with Markel. So let's let's rehash this, Luke, for the fifty seventh time. Yeah. What happened during the twenty twenty season? Injuries, injuries galore. You name him, he got hurt. During the season, like everybody had something going on at some point, the front office goes to management and they're like, listen, or not management, ownership. And they're like, this is time. It's time to rebuild this. We, this team clearly has a ceiling. Nikola Vucevic is our best player. He's been healthy basically all season. And we're just still like bleeding losses, hemorrhaging losses left and right. Like this team is just very bad. We have all these young guys. We can cash in these assets. We can get totally young, and we can go for a full rebuild the way that we want to. Yeah. Ownership signs off on it, and we talked about it at the time. You don't make these deals without ownership's blessing. First deal of the freaking day on the day of the trade, trade deadline. <laughs> Nikola Vucevic, Al Aminu to Chicago for a 2021-2023 first-round picks, both of those being top four protected, and then also Otto Porter Jr. and Wendell Carter Jr., you trade Evan Fournier and a 2027 second-round pick to the Celtics. In return, you get a 2025 second-round pick and Jeff Teague. Magic immediately waived Jeff Teague. Uh, in that deal, a $17 million trade exception is created for Orlando. You trade Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to Denver for R.J. Hampton, Gary thanks, Harris. Denver. And a, thanks, Denver. Thanks, Denver. For a 2025 first-round pick, which is top five protected, the Magic waived Ken Birch. Really just thank you for your service. You can go play for any team that you want. Now he's playing basically near his home in Toronto. Everybody wins in that deal. They sign Mo Wagner in April for the rest of the season. And then in May, they sign Ignis Brasdakis to a 10-day contract. And then eventually, once that 10-day contract is up, they sign him for the rest of the season. 
And then the 2020 offseason, basically so far, uh, the Magic and Steve Clifford decided to part ways. They hired Jamal Mosley, new head coach, to a four-year deal. Draft Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner at fifth and at eight. They signed Robin Lopez to a one-year $5 million deal. They waived Dwayne Bacon. They re-signed Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner's older brother, to a two-year $3.6 million deal. They signed Ignis Brasdakis to a two-way contract. And that's it. So I've got a question, Jonathan, just to summarize everything. You know, our listeners have heard us talk about this past season, like you said, ad nauseum, right? My question to you is, and since this front office took over, do you have a favorite deal that was made, whether it was shipping a player that should have been shipped or acquiring a player that that you have grown to love um, in, in terms of, you know, do you have one off the top of your head? I can't I can't do that. I'll, I'll give you like my my top three and maybe a couple things that they haven't really hit on. OK, so in no particular order. Obviously, the trade from Markel Fultz. Like, right. Markel Fultz is a guy that we all agree has all-star potential if he can figure it out offensively. Yeah. Mainly the jump shot. He's got everything else going for him. Yeah. But this is a guy who has all the talent in the world, was the number one pick in the draft, and you literally get him for nothing. Like You yeah. get him for a guy that sucked and a couple of picks that you weren't going to use anyways. You get Markel Fultz. Outside of that, re-signing Nikola Vucevic ended up like the magic basically got Franz Wagner out of that. They have another first round pick. That's going to be coming down the pipeline. You have Wendell Carter, Vooch. We all know wasn't really going to win anything long-term here. Anyways, more than likely you get Otto Porter jr. Which you immediately turn into cap space. Now the magic are like one of three or four teams. That's going to have significant cap space next summer, which yeah. they'll either be able to rent out. Or if this team takes a significant leap this year, which probably won't happen, but maybe you can go after somebody and cash in. Um, outside of that, I mean, like, the, let's just look at the draft. I'll just say the draft in general. Jonathan Isaac, yes, Mo Bamba, jury is still mainly out on that. It looks like a miss. But Cole Anthony and then Chuma Okiki, like, and now Franz Wagner and, and Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs basically fell into their lap. Anybody's taking Jalen Suggs at five. Franz Wagner will will kind of see what happens, but. Like if if the Cole Anthony and Chuma Okiki picks at you know fifteen and sixteen respectively are any indication, and Jonathan Isaac, like I had no idea who the heck Jonathan Isaac was in two thousand seventeen, but like you just you look at that draft and like everything has turned out pretty much other than Mo Bamba in terms of what these guys have done in the draft. The one negative again, yeah, Mo Bamba and Alfarik Aminu, like those are the two glaring things that you're like, eh, you guys missed on those. But outside of that, like, and I kind of want to give them a grade so far over the, you know, yeah. four years that they've been here. Like, I think they really deserve a B plus. I'm not ready to give them an A. Right. This season, they, they get an a, a, maybe even an A plus. But I think looking at the the hand they were dealt, looking at what, the, you know, ownership wanted at the time of the hire, mm-hmm. you know, they've basically done about as well as you can do. Yeah, and I, I think that I'd piggyback, you know, off your your B plus. I don't think there's an issue with that. I don't. I don't think there's people who you know that I've seen mainly in Orlando Magic Facebook places. Oh boy, th- that you would can't give, call out Orlando Magic Facebook. They very they get very upset. Do they? they get very upset. Do they? Oh, well, they do. that's good because I'm sure a lot of these guys would give the front office like a C minus um, from the things I've seen them say about the front office yeah. in Orlando. Now, the one last thing I wanted to add. Maybe we, we changed their mind, which was kind of the point. Maybe. And if this. we did, and if you admit that you were wrong for being so down on this front office for no apparent reason, then welcome back know. to the light side. Um, but the last thing I kind of want to touch on, like one of my favorite deals truly is the Denver trade. I mean, you get rid of a guy in Aaron Gordon who evidently was disgruntled, right? Asked for a I mean, trade. Asked for a trade. I mean, he I don't asked think for a he trade. Was happy. You don't. You don't get more disgruntled than asking for a trade out of the place that drafted you, right? So, uh, you get rid of him, and you get you know yes, you, you get a guy and uh, and Gary Harris who is going to probably contribute to the start of this season. Jonathan, I don't see how he doesn't. Uh, I don't see why he wouldn't. He's a veteran coming off a very good experience in Denver. Not only that, you get R.J. Hampton. 
RJ Hampton, if you look at it, played 25 games in Denver, played 26 in Orlando. The statistical differences is insane from minutes played, the points per game to to inches grown in his height. I mean, I don't know, but yet, yet to be confirmed. Right, exactly. But I do think he looks a little taller. He's a little taller. He's not. I don't know. He's a little taller. Um. So all that to say, man. I mean, that trade seems to be a home run, right? I mean, R.J. Hampton. You don't have any to. Back in that draft when they drafted Cole Anthony, I remember thinking and kind of looking at the board and being like, R.J. Hampton's still there. He was one of the guys that I was looking at, right? R.J. Hampton's still there. So now you got Cole and R.J. Who R.J. not only statistically and 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 talent wise is going to improve this team. I think he's already improved the team chemistry. I think he and Cole feed off each other immensely. Now they're all buddy-buddy with Chuma and Mo, and Mo now has this extra pep in his step. Like, these guys truly, you know, seem to be getting along and loving each other very well through it. And R.J. Hampton, I think, is a very much a core piece of that young core and has as much potential as any of those young guys. We don't really know about him. He didn't have, you know, a summer league. He didn't have preseason. Him and Cole are in the same boat, and they relate so closely to each other I don't see how you can't look at the front office transactions since 2017 and not say that the RJ Hampton, you know, acquiring him and Gary Harris and a pick isn't one of the best trades that they've made because you hear about it all the time. Guys went out, Ben Simmons, not talking to Philly anymore. His trade value has gone down because they know they can get him for less because he wants out. Aaron Gordon won it out and they still swung a great deal for him. So I, I don't I don't see how you know R.J. Hampton is not absolutely one of the best highlights so far of their you know the acquisitions they've made. I think Luke, really, if you just take a step back and you evaluate each trade that the Magic have made, like they basically have won each trade. Yeah. Like starting like the first trade that they made, I believe, was the Bismack Biombo trade. Mm. You know, getting Timothy Mozgov. So you get off of Bismack Biombo, who was disgruntling Nikola Vucevic, who turned into an all-star. Right. And then you end up basically waving Mozgov, and you get off that deal later on with the career-ending injury provision. I don't know if it's called that, but you know something to that effect. Right. You trade Alfred Payton pretty inconsequentially. He's bounced around ever since yeah. then. Then you look at um, Markel Fultz, you know, Jonathan Simmons in a bag of peanuts. You win that trade. <laughs> You win the Nikola Vucevic trade, essentially. Each team kind of had different goals there, so that's you can kind of argue that. We don't know what Franz Wagner is right now. Is Franz Wagner going to be an all-star? I don't know, but you trade away an all-star. Usually when you do that, you lose the trade. But for the Magic and what they were trying to accomplish, they came out pretty well on that end of the deal. Boston, we got a $17 million trade exception. They no longer have Jeff Teague. Evan Fournier signed with the Knicks. So the Celtics kind of, they didn't definitely didn't win that trade. Mm -hmm. And then Denver, like you said, we got rid of a guy that didn't want to be here, Gary Clark, who we didn't want here, basically. <laughs> and then you end up with Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick. Yeah. Like, you absolutely win that deal. So Demolish like when that you deal. Look, yeah. When you look at, at everything they've done, I, I just don't understand. And if you guys still disagree with us, let us know and let us know why. But don't just come on here and say some dumb stuff like, oh, they're trash and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, We've spent the last 53 minutes basically explaining why we think they've done a really good job so far. Yeah. Don't tweet at me and just say front office is trash, like LOL, and try to troll us or whatever the case may be. Usually when I say don't troll us, it's counterproductive, so I'll you know expect some trolling I'll tomorrow. I'll troll. If I, got, if I got time, I got time. Yeah. Some, some, some days I got time, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll respond to the trolls. But, Luke, last thing I wanted to bring up that you alluded to was – this past week, basically, like, all the young guys on the team were in Charleston, South Carolina, hanging out, working out together, going on, you know, boat rides together and all these, you know, kinds of things. Banana so boat we know, Yeah, ex exactly, pretty much. We know Cole was there, Sweet Franz, uh, mm. Chuma was there, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Isaac was there, Mo Bamba was there. Who else am I missing? Markel was there. Jonathan Isaac looked pretty comfy on that float out there, huh? Oh, yeah. You know who wasn't there? Mm. Wendell Carter Jr. I, think he I didn't it. see Wendell Carter Jr. there. Do you now, I'm not trying. This is not a trend. I just find it interesting 
that Mo was like, I'm going to go to summer league in, in practice. And then a couple of days later, yeah. Wendell Carter Jr. is out there. Now, maybe he had already, you know, maybe he's got plans with his family or whatever the case may be. I'm not holding it against him. But I just, I personally am wondering, I would like to know why Wendell Carter Jr. wasn't there. Not holding it against him that he wasn't there, not saying it's a bad thing, but I just, I do find that interesting that he's like the one really young guy. Yeah at least that I'm remembering correctly, that wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of that, I mean... Mo Wagner. I, was Mo Wagner there? I don't think he was there. Mo wasn't there. Franz But was I don't there. know. But, uh, right. yeah, I mean, as far as, like, a key, you know, a key cog to this whole thing, it's not surprising Mo wasn't necessarily there, right? Maybe he just doesn't feel like he needs to be there. Let's, you know what? Let's not make this negative about who wasn't there. What do you like about the <laughs> fact that those guys got together out of state yeah. for basically like a, a young gun retreat, I guess is what I'm calling it. Right. Where they all they're all just working out, hanging out together, going to get ice cream or frozen yogurt, whatever the <laughs> hell it was. Just hanging out, really seemingly enjoying you know each other's time. Ignis Bresdakis was also there. Yeah. Um the fact that these guys are, are taking the initiative to go out of their way, away from the organization, the facilities, get together, hang out, bond, build that chemistry and work out and just put the work in. Well, it really settles me about what I would think is the the biggest thing that could happen negatively to this team this year, right? You've got a ton of young guys who love to win, are competitive, and let me tell you, they don't just love to win in games. They love to win in practice. They love to compete. They don't want to be the guy on the end of the bench. They don't want to be one of the young core guys who isn't getting PT. So my biggest concern really playing with them, time, not physical therapy. Correct. My <laughs> biggest my biggest thing and, and concern, kind of in retrospect, is that these guys are going to turn against we're going to turn against each other because you know they're battling day in and day out. But things like this, trips like this, retreats like this, make me think, you know, I, I'm not worried about that anymore. Not Be- as much. Not as much. Don't get me I'm wrong. Still, I'm still concerned that it could happen. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could. But this lets you know, like, these dudes are, are, are turning into brothers, you know, really right before our eyes because they're posting it everywhere. And it just makes you giddy. It like, does. You just like, it's like, oh, these it guys are so cute. I was also, I, I was jealous. to cut that. I don't I, mean cute. Nah, I mean manly. You, nah, you said cute. You said nah, it, it, it's it's just done. like it's, it's adorable, man. Like, honestly, like, seeing a bunch of young guys hang out. Okay, I just need to stop on my head. I'm just gonna. It's anyway. awesome. It makes me so happy to see yeah. the, the these guys who were emotionally invested. In, I love these guys. I love them all individually. I love this team, and to see them hanging out and getting along when that's something that has really been missing from this team yeah. the last few years. It's awesome, and it's very refreshing it takes, to see. It takes a lot for me to get friends that I've known for a long time to get together with me, and we all fly somewhere, or they come to me, or whatever. It takes it takes a lot of work mm, to do that. You're not rich. That's true. Uh, but it's a lot easier. It ain't tricking if you got it, as they say. Right, but the fact that they all agreed to go to Charleston of all places to to work out whatever. It's not like they were all just like going to I've the heard Bahamas. Charleston is a beautiful place this time of year. It looked great. It looked like a fun time. However, my friends would, you know, find some reason to not, you know, hang out. Maybe you need new friends. That's very possible. You could be right. There was a ton of these guys, though. Like, a ton of them that all a made squad. the trip to Charleston. I don't care that they got money. You know, it's hard to hide money, ain't it? But th- regardless, it, it, having all of them in one place, I mean, that that's pretty impressive that they all agreed to it. They could, you know, hammer down dates that they were not only going to be vacationing together, but they were going to be in the gym together because they were also in the gym. So, yeah, good on them. That was definitely one of the bright spots of my own week was seeing those guys out there and, you know, looking at their Instagram stories and seeing kind of the updates they were giving. I'm really excited for this young core, as we've said many times, but things like that make me even more excited and less hesitant about how it's going to work. And I I echo your sentiment that, like, right now, at least Cole and RJ seem to be, like, the emotional leaders of this team. Like, I think Jalen is, when everything is said and done this season, will probably become like the leader if not one of the leaders alongside like I expect Markel and Jonathan to take big leaps in that regard this season yeah. but they really seem to be like driving the party 
and are like the life of the party. And you see that on the Instagrams and everything like that. The one thing that I'm disappointed that we didn't get this week was like footage of like the basketball workouts and the scrimmages. Like mm-hmm. if we talk about footage that we would love to see, if you think of like, you know, the legendary 1992 dream team scrimmages, like MJ versus magic. I would rather see what <laughs> went down this week in Charleston <laughs> and people are going to call me an idiot for that, but I'm just really excited about this team and it would have been dope just to see those guys like getting after it and, you know, going up against each other and, and everything like that. No doubt. Luke, that's all I got this week. That's it. I'm done. We, we, we did, we did about an hour here. We emptied of, the clip of rehashing the last yeah. four years of our lives and the Orlando Magic Organization's life. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Absolutely. I think we did a good job, Luke. But I, I, anyways, I so guys. Too. Yeah. Anyways, uh, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com